Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. It's time for the Rami and Tim Show with your hosts, Rami Makhlouf and the franchise, Tim Allen. It is that show, the new afternoon show here on 1250 AM, The Fan, part of our new lineup. Same lineup from 5 to 10, as it should be. No changes need there. You got the Bart Winkler pregame show starring Ryan Horvath at 5 AM, Bart Winkler show at 6, the big show moves to the statewide network, the Big Show Network, that is, from 10 to 2. And then it's your uh, your boy, Robbie Makloff, Tim Allen with you, weekdays from 2 until 6. Still to come up on the show today, we'll talk with Eric Name right here in this 3 o'clock hour. Our Milwaukee Basketball Insider joins us at 3.45. Tim, there is a certain Green Bay Packer that heading into the divisional matchup with the Rams this Saturday, you don't think, is getting the love he deserves. Who is that Green Bay Packer, Tim Allen? It it doesn't seem like it uh, as of late here because there's been no big write-ups. There's been no big conversations, and, and I'm here to bring it to the forefront because I think he is going to be a huge piece uh, moving forward here in the next three victories for the Green Bay Packers. And, and this might be more prevalent this Saturday. Uh, with the running attack than uh, than the following two games after that. And that is uh, against the L.A. Rams this Saturday, Aaron Jones. When you look at a guy that has 1,400-plus um, com- combined all-purpose yards, his touchdowns were down this year, I think from 17 to 11, nine on the ground, two through the air. But here's the interesting thing, Rami, 350 receiving yards and two TDs. That, to me, is going to come in handy. And we talked, as we did last hour, about you know, the wide receiver core as a, as a group. Then that would include the tight end position. We don't include Aaron Jones into that, but yet 350 yards receiving with a couple of touchdowns. I just wonder if there's something a little more exotic in the plans for Saturday's offensive attack, and that would be we saw it last year a little bit in Kansas City. And what a, you know, what a game to break out. Um, Aaron Jones in that Kansas City Sunday night football game. There was no Patrick Mahomes, so maybe some of the mojo was gone for Kansas City. But you saw Aaron Jones in the slot a little bit in that game against Kansas City Sunday night uh, last year. And not only on the ground, with his 1,100 yards on the ground, but it's through the air too. I just believe that he is sort of not getting the love that he wants here down the stretch here, are you feeling feeling that, or am I a little uh, closed in, if you will, and and not uh, not scrolling enough to find the Aaron Jones love? No, I, most of the most of the talk around this football game surrounds most of the uh, and 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 this is going to sound like a slight to Aaron Jones because he probably deserves to be in this conversation. But the bigger names in this game, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Devontae Adams of the world, the Aaron Donalds, and the Jalen Ramseys, and then at those. Those right there are the marquee matchups, Tim, that, that are getting center stage and are getting the spotlight in any discussion, whether you're listening to the fan, 
or I don't know why you'd listen to something else, but okay. Or if you're turning on NFL Network or ESPN or wherever, wherever you're getting your, your yourselves prepared for this Saturday's matchup between the Packers and the Rams, it seems like you go down that list that I just that I just went down, that, that list of players and matchups, and then maybe you get around to talking about what Aaron Jones and the Packers can do in the run game or can do with some some exotic plays like you just talked about, Tim, of putting Aaron Jones out there in the slot. No, you're 100% right. I haven't heard a lot of talk about a guy who has 1,100 yards on the ground and 350 through the air. But I think that's, again, the NFL is the ultimate prisoner of the moment type of sport and the ultimate reactionary type of sport. Not that Aaron Jones has had bad games of late, but he hasn't had that huge game since, what, December... December 19th, he had 145 yards against Carolina. Since then, and he, he's gotten in the end zone once through the air and once on the ground, but he had 94 yards against Tennessee. He had 42 against Chicago before they shut him down because that game started to get out of hand. So it's almost it's almost out of sight, out of mind. If, if Aaron Jones came into this game as hot as Devontae Adams is coming into this game, maybe we're talking about him instead of Devontae Adams. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not because of the matchup with Jalen mm-hmm. Ramsey, but... I think some of this is just the, the prisoner of the moment type of reactionary fans that, that most football and NFL fans are, myself included. I fall into it sometimes myself. But I, I just wonder if, if he's the guy that's being overlooked here in, in all of this. And, and I understand, you know, the, the, the polarizing conversations, as you just discussed, would be with those guys. But the game plan against that defense to me would open up a little misdirection and and certainly certainly um a delay in there a time or two because you suck in the Aaron Donald in a big pass rush and then you delay handoff i just feel that Aaron Jones is going to be the guy here in this and he may be you look at uh, mvps of a particular game or whatever and they don't give awards for a divisional round mvp but if you were to, I would say that if, you know, the longer of all the shots here would be an Aaron Jones of these talented, you know, upper end named players. I think I'm hearing more about Cam Akers and the, the, the rookie star that's coming alive late in the season for the upstart, you know, Los Angeles Rams. And look at his number, buck 71 uh, a month ago. And then he follows that up with a buck 40 with a touchdown. He's getting more conversation than one Aaron Jones is. A dude that can catch the ball out of the backfield, clearly based on last year's numbers and this year's numbers, 350 yards and a couple of touchdowns. A dude that can hit the home run ball either through the air or on the ground. A guy that can, that can decoy just about anybody on that field. A guy that you can put in the slot if you want to. Now, I don't know how exotic they're going to be with that I've been screaming about that since that Kansas City game last year and it's just it's it's not it's not there but you know maybe Lafleur gets it's maybe a question for uh, Mike Clemens or Ryan Wood that you know maybe maybe they do get Aaron Jones much much more involved because they see the hole in the LA Rams uh defense that are going to be focused on, you know, and rightly so, I guess, you need to be focused on Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and, and maybe a little bit of, you know, Tanya in the middle. But let's not forget about Aaron Jones. I wonder if Packer fans believe that as well, that he could be the, the player of this game on Saturday. I, he, may, he may be forgotten in, in like I said, the, the discussion and, and the narratives, the storylines leading into this game on shows like this one, Tim. And, and I, I have my, my TV on while we do the show, and I'm usually watching NFL shows. They're talking about the game, and they're usually not talking about Aaron Jones. Like I said, so maybe yeah. he might not be in the narrative or the discussion that I can guarantee you neither the Packers coaches nor the Rams coaches have forgotten Aaron Jones. That 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 I can promise you. He will be a part of the game plan. I don't know if you I don't know if you can really run on this Rams defense. They've given and a lot of teams don't even try. Only 388 attempts, which is among the lowest against the Rams this season in the NFL. 3.8 yards per carry. They don't they don't give up a lot on the ground, but I do think that you have to especially with 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 uh LaFleur's system you have to be consistent in, in running the ball, even if you don't do it that well because they do so much off the play action and you want teams to bite on the run and not drop everybody back and, and not really even believe you're going to try to run the football. So I think they're going to try to run. I think Aaron Jones could be more of an impact, like you said, Tim, 
and doing some creative things with him in the passing game, lining him up in the slot or, or bringing him out of the backfield. That that might expose a weakness, especially if they're preoccupied with with Devontae Adams and maybe Robert Tunyon dragging a linebacker down the field or over the middle. That opens some things up for Aaron Jones in the yeah. passing game. I, I don't think you're going to be able to run the football on this team. But your thing about Cam Akers kind of, kind of proves my point about how we're all just prisoner of the moment. Aaron Jones had a much better season than Cam Akers. Cam Akers, though, is averaging just short of 100 yards in his last four games and just played a game on Sunday where he ran the ball 28 times for 131 and a touchdown against the Seahawks. So we we all fall for that, Tim. You know what I mean? You see Cam Akers go crazy for four weeks, including this wild card game, and, and we're all thinking about Cam Akers and what he could do on Sunday. That's just yeah. how we are as football fans, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And and you're right, the, the rush defense for the LA Rams is pretty damn good. But in order to play act, in order to, to at least fend off some sort of regard, you've got to run the football. And I, I again, I wonder if, if that game plan changes well, it's got to change a little bit based on your opponent. It does each and every week. And, and I think, you know, coaches will also tell you that we need to stay dedicated with what we do also. And it always puzzled me. In fact, I saw it the other day. I, I don't know which game it was. You're play acting on third and 11. Really? I mean, what that makes no sense to me offensively. And I'm not saying Green Bay will do that in this game, but th- my point is, you have to be dedicated to the run to make other things work. And I just wonder, uh, they seem fairly dedicated to the run. You bail. That's why early in this game is so vital. It's so vital in this game on Saturday. If you have to abandon abandon a running game in this game, Rami, Green Bay's in trouble. As good as the passing game is, as good as it is, if you have to throw, 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 and and Aaron Rodgers is going to throw that ball fifty times. That's not good. It's probably not going to be a good outcome. So you're saying get up early, run the ball, find some way to have some success. And it's one broken tackle for Aaron Jones, and then those guys are on their heels. Evan, if you could look up uh, the Jets, the how how exactly did the Jets beat the L.A. Rams a month ago? Because those numbers may indicate a little something there. Because the Rams go inside had the a box. clunker. You want to do a little inside the box, Timmy? <laughs> let's, let's go inside the box here on the uh, post-game show. Yeah. And leading off is Lorenzo Cain. He went three for four. With... <laughs> no, not that box. You asked about the Rams and the Jets. I can, I can tell you what the Jets did in yes. that game. I just pulled up the box score very quickly, as you asked. Um they didn't do anything all that. Nobody had a huge day on offense. Sam Darnold went 22 of 31 for 207 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Frank Gore had 59 on the ground on 23. He averaged two and a half yards per carry. Nobody okay, so had a 23 big day right there, Rami. They were dedicated, though, 23 attempts yeah, for they that stuck old to guy. It. I mean, they, they stuck to it. Yeah. But they weren't, they weren't really all that successful at anything in terms of offense. I mean, it was a relatively low-scoring game. Jets won 23-20. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't there a Jared Goff interception that was returned for, for a touchdown in that game? That, I think that, so. That sealed it or, or gave the Jets the lead? There was something. Okay. There was something crazy in that game. But, I mean, yeah, they, 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 didn't, it, they didn't do it against the Rams' defense. That's for sure. That Rams defense has been stout for a minute now, Tim. Like I told you yesterday, they finished number one in the NFL in DVOA. I know how much importance and value you put in DVOA. <clears throat> uh, what, uh, what amount of carries then for Aaron Jones? How, how many carries does Aaron Jones get? To, just to keep everybody honest here. 20-ish? Although I don't even know. No, he doesn't even need that mm, because they got quite Jamal a bit. Williams. He, you have Jamal Williams and you have you have Dylan who's who's stepped up late in the season. I don't even need to know that you need to put that type of mileage on Aaron Jones because then you're you're taken away from what he can do in the pass game. Um, 15, 16, and then I would use him a lot in the pass game, Tim. You're gonna need as many weapons as you can, if especially if Devontae Adams is is drawing attention of Jalen Ram, Jalen Ramsey and maybe a safety helping him out. Having Aaron Jones. 
having having Aaron Jones out there in the passing game helps a lot. Evan's got some stats back in the studio on this. So Aaron Jones has played the Rams once in his career. It was 2018. He had 12 rushes for 86 yards and a touchdown, uh, but the Packers lost 29 to 27 in LA. Yeah, and I I would say just coming into this game, the 12 to 15. You got to have that amount of totes for Aaron Jones, or else, you know, what's going to happen? I mean, we see this script written all over the place. And, and the outcome is I'm not guaranteeing that the outcome would be the same as any other team, but it's going to be really close. Again, those crazy things can happen where, you know, the, uh, the run is shut down to the point where you have to throw. And that, that brings me back to the beginning of the game. If the Packers trail, how dedicated to Aaron Jones are they going to be? Based on the amount of conversation we're having, I don't think it's going to be that much. <laughs> They're just going to throw the ball all day long. I, and, and, and again, this Lafleur and, and Hackett, they know, they know. You're right, Rami. They know. This coaching staff knows their opponent. I look for something a little different. And I won't say the whole game, but there's going to be a few plays that look a little different specifically for Aaron Jones in the running game. Yeah, they got something up their sleeve. I guarantee you they got something up their sleeve that, that involves Aaron Jones, something that we haven't seen this year or, or a, a wrinkle in something that we have seen this year, a variation on something that we've seen this year. Uh, coaches always have something up their sleeves, especially – the, the good offensive minds like like Matt LaFleur and and Sean McVay. Both those guys will have some something up their sleeve for this game on Saturday. We'll hit a quick break. On the other side, the Packers have a legit folk hero on their roster. We'll tell you who it is right after this. It's Rami and Tim on 1250 AM The Fan and the app. Rami and Tim, 1250 AM The Fan and the app. Eric Name, our Milwaukee basketball insider from The Athletic. He's going to join us. Coming up at 3.35, Rob Manfred just did something smart. That's always news. We'll try and get to that at some point this <laughs> afternoon. But, Timmy, did you read the piece on old Bobby Tunyon at The Athletic today? The piece that, that paints yeah. him to be, like, literally – they made a fan out of me, of Bobby. Like, he's literally like – like a, and I know his name rhymes with Paul Bunyan. They point that out in the story. But, like, a Paul Bunyan – like folk hero, if if you read this article and read this story and some of the story and some of the stories about him that people in his life have told, he's an interesting dude with not the most common path to the NFL. I knew he had like he hadn't taken the beaten path to the league. I didn't know that it was this type of path to the league. It's it's quite the story that this dude has lived. Well, catch catch people up on on just his little rise to folk hero. Well, first of all, he was a quarterback in high school. Um, nobody yep. was recruiting him. His mom was writing letters to schools to get somebody to take her son to play football. And first, she was very, uh, she was very, I don't, I don't say this in a mean way, in, in the way that a lot, a lot of moms are. She was a little bit naive as far as what her, where her son could go and play football and what he could do at the time. So she tried all the Big Ten schools and the bigger schools and then, she kind of lowered her expectations a little bit and finally ended up at Indiana State where he was terrible his, his, his rookie year as a quarterback. They move him to wide receiver. And he's pretty good at wide receiver. He bounces around a few practice squads, ends up with the Packers, and after the workout and the interview, the Packers tell him, okay, hang out here in the lobby. We're going to uh, go and arrange your flight. He falls asleep in the lobby, and then he says it's like he never woke up and he's been dreaming ever since. They wake him up and they're like, "Yeah, you know what? We're we're gonna sign you to the practice squad." And and away we go to this season where he's caught 52 of the 59 passes thrown to him, giving him the second highest catch percentage in the NFL among tight ends and wide receivers. And according to Sport Radar, he has not dropped a pass this season. That's that's incredible, Tim. All that, everything that I just said, from where we started to where we got, is just incredible. And then there, mm-hmm. there's more. But what I just said is pretty amazing when you consider how most guys get to this league. And that's what, you know, I've always said, Rami, and you know this, special seasons are made of special stories. And, and that's one of them. That, you know, it's not uncommon to have uh, some of these – you know, quarterbacks end up as as receivers, but 
you know, as, as a tight end is a little bit different in that regard. And then to have him, you know, practice squad after practice squad. And there's been some of, some of those guys, but the, the odds are so stacked against you. If you get, you know, landlocked into a practice squad player, that's all you are. And you're going to bounce around the league like you do. Somebody saw something in Tanya. Somebody had, and and really the success stories of all these guys, um, you know, in, in any sport that just just rise into, gosh, nobody knew what uh, what this guy was until you know someone uh, you know present that evidence as somebody saw him and somebody said, you know what, this guy has it. I uh, I'm pretty impressed with this, and and now the the deal here is. I have no doubts in my mind that he continues this run that he's on this year. I, I think the barometer would be more so next year, and let's check right. the stats after six or eight or nine games. I, I again this year, I'm, I'm good with. I wouldn't see why why it would it would change at all. Aaron Rodgers likes to compliment a lot of his weapons over the years, but if you read between the lines, sometimes. He uh, he he limits his comments against certain players, and those certain players don't last too much, uh, too long in in Green Bay. I love this paragraph of the story right here. This is the part that really makes him, like I said, sound like a folk hero. During his teenage years, Rob helped his dad build his grandfather's house, installing the eight and nine foot concrete forms and hauling material to and from the trucks. The Tunyon men are known for being strong enough to move things that machines are made to move, so it wasn't difficult for Rob. He took to it so easily because he's a hard worker, his father says. Rob never would make his living with a hammer and screwdriver, but like his father and his father's fathers, he understands the mentality. It is in his blood. Dan Pompey is one hell of a writer, man. That paragraph right there just really paints the picture of who Bobby Tunyon is and, and, and the fabric that he's come from to make him the man and the tight end that he is today. They're known for being strong and moving things that machines are made to move, Tim Allen. Has anybody ever said that about the Allen family? Not at all. They call me Barney Fife. <laughs> but you know what? But I mean, what, what, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. The su- success stories, and again, I'll go back to it. Uh, Mike Clemens and I were talking about this last week, and that is, you know, this uh, Dominique Daphne, who you know, practice squad guy. Uh, he's he's um, he's bouncing at a bar, and and that's how he's making his money. And and he goes from the you know the bouncer or bartender, I, I forget which. I think it's a bouncer, but he goes from that to scoring a touchdown a few weeks ago. Uh, from Aaron Rodgers, and and you know I I currently live with uh, a Packer fan, and and she was like, who, I've never heard of this guy. <laughs> you I don't know, think she was saying had. who, yeah, who is this guy? And and I love those stories. And those stories, uh, you know, not to be soft, uh, but uh, those stories are really really cool. You talk about luck, Tim, and just coming across the right people in your life. An offensive line coach for uh, Trent Dilfer's high school team that that uh, Bobby Tunyon played for, Bruce Kittle, also known as George Kittle's father, became Tunyon's mental coach, teaching him. How about this, Tim? You were knocking this yesterday. You were mocking it more than out, outwardly knocking it. Meditation, breathing techniques, yoga, affirmations, and visualizations. Hmm. Huh? Tunyon. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, well, working out with George Kittle, working out with George Kittle, and and getting some advice and guidance from George Kittle's dad as a tight end, uh, I think I'd hold that in high regard. That's just me, but including that's, that's the meditation good, uh, and the breathing techniques and the yoga uh, and the yeah. affirmations and the visualization, yeah, all of it. It's all part of it, Tim, to get yourself in the right mental. State. I do all that stuff every morning to get ready I, I, for the Robbie I and Tim know. experience. I want to know, Rami. I want to know your word in can't. meditation. It's my uh, mantra. Just want, just give me one. Then don't can can you change it? Just give me give me your word, no, and and we can it. all have a seance together. I can't. I'm not going to change my mantra. I'm not going to tell you what my mantra is, and I'm not going to change. No, no. 
it's it's mine and I'm going to keep it mine. That's part of the whole thing, Tim. I'm never going to tell you my mantra. You can ask me I'll, every I'll admit day. this. I'll admit it, but uh-huh. I did meditate once, uh-huh. one time. Uh-huh. Uh, it was back when, when I was in Boy Scouts. Okay, yeah, I know. People are laughing right now. I was in Boy Scouts, but uh, one of the uh, assistant scoutmasters or whatever said they taught, he was a meditator or whatever he does. Transcendental, <laughs> is this transcendental meditation? Is this transcendental that you do? It is transcendental, yes. Okay. It is. So he, took he, uh, he, he tried to, tried to you know, tell me about meditation. I thought, you know, just a kid, I'll, I'll try it. So I, I think it was, I don't know, at home just sitting there. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I can tell you my word. I don't and care my if word you do was, or not. <laughs> okay. Sure, my my what word was, word? I had to repeat this over and over again. And this was supposed to relax me and make me a better person. Yeah. Uh, which, which it may or may not have. Uh, Inga. Say that again. In- Inga. 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 Am I going to have to be on the dump button for this? <laughs> Inga. Inga. All right. Tim, now, do you, you say this stuff out loud or do you just do it mentally? You can do it either way. I do it mentally. Why don't you keep re- okay. repeat, repeat your mantra as we go into break? This, this might help people. We're going we're gonna to talk with Eric Name of The Athletic. Inga. He's coming up at 348. Uh, right after this, though, Inga. I love George Hill, man. And I think he's a really smart dude. Sometimes smart people <clears throat> say dumb things. We're going to talk about this, about that right after this. Let Timmy relax here on 1250 AM The Fan. Well, before I get into relaxing, I want to talk about uh, a battle. And it may be going on at your house. I've been there. You've been there. You might currently be in that battle right now. Over your thermostat. Oh, it's too cold in here. And then you hear put on a sweater, turn up the heat. Uh, We need to conserve energy. I'm pumping up the thermostat. Don't touch that thermostat. Don't touch the dial. Instead of fighting at home over that, you can give your conscience, your spouse, and your furnace a break with Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. When you think about it, by replacing your old leaky windows and doors, you instantly make your home more energy efficient so you can set your thermostat at a reasonable temperature and still feel be, uh, feel all nice and cozy. Replace your old leaky windows and doors with Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Not only can you save on your energy bill season after season, you'll save right away. Like right now, with three years, no interest, plus five months, no first payment. Three years, no interest, five months, no first payment. That's a great deal. It ends January 31st, so you need to move. Set up your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. That's me, Tim Allen, for Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Rami and Tim, 1250 AM, The Fan, radio.com, sports station. We're going to talk with Eric Name, our Milwaukee basketball insider, coming up in just a few minutes, about 345. Also, back to some Packers talk at 4 o'clock. And what's keeping maybe Packers fans up, maybe Aaron Rodgers up ahead of the playoff run. But, uh, Timmy, did you see, did you see that Rob Manfred finally, at least in my opinion, I don't know about you, did something smart for Major League Baseball today? Well, he's done a few things that are, you know, could be leaning that way. Some would say very few, but I, I do like this one. I saw this, yes. Commissioner of Baseball Robert T. Manfred Jr., according to this press release, announced today that longtime executive Theo Epstein will, be major, will, be, will serve Major League Baseball as a consultant regarding on-field matters under the supervision of the commissioner, that's the only part of this that concerns me, and the owner's competition committee, Epstein will work with baseball analytics experts from the commissioner's office and the clubs to determine the likely effects of various contemplated rule changes as uh, baseball is trying to speed things up, inject more action into the game, Tim, and a lot of people think that the, the analytics and everybody either getting a home run or striking out or walking is uh, not good for the game. And they're trying to find a way to inject a little bit more of the, the action people on bases maneuvering of baseball. That makes it a little bit more interesting to watch. You have to like the direction that Theo Epstein 
would would probably want this league to go in, knowing the brand of baseball you like watching Tim Allen. And even though he did some things that were good for the Chicago Cubs, I think you have to appreciate the baseball mind of Theo Epstein and say this this is a pretty good move by Rob Manfred and MLB. Yeah, cer- certainly I do uh, respect the baseball mind that he is, and and I think the I just had a question here: Is he re- replacing Joe Torre? Was Torre in that or what? Or is this a new position? I'm going to Joe guess. Torrey is the new... head of Joe Torrey is the head of the rules committee. I don't think this. I don't think this does anything okay. to to Joe Torrey's role, as as okay. far as I know. He's he's being hired on as a consultant to to look at analytics and and what potential rules changes they could make to, like I said, speed the game up, inject a little more action into it. Yeah, and he was quite involved, and and I think that I, I like his personality. I really do, Rami, because he's he's not afraid to. You know, I, I really appreciated uh, some of the celebrations that he would just <laughs> he would just tweet out and launch up there on Facebook of him having some cocktails and celebrating and him being. A, I mean, we could tell he was a little tipsy. Well, some would say he's hammered and he's you know celebrating. Oh, he would tell we you all, that. Yeah, we we he, he all openly talked it. about his benders after the Red Sox <laughs> World Series and the Cubs World Series. He openly talked about his benders. It's like that lasted a week or two in celebration. Yeah, and 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 it's. Uh, I'm I'm not basing solely on that, but what I will say is that that is an indication that he's very confident, uh, very honest, and and he also brings this Rami a, a sort of a contemporary feel to the game. But I do also believe that he he re, would respect the game as well and its heritage and and history. So I think maybe with the, the hybrid there of of his consultation should be just based on what we know of Theo, should be very helpful to Major League Baseball. I mean, if if Manfred really cared about baseball, he would just step aside and make Theo the commissioner. But I, I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> anytime soon. we got to hit a quick break. Like I said, back to the Packers talk at the top of the hour. After the break, though, some Bucks talk with our Milwaukee basketball insider, Eric name and what they've done to just adjust the offensive system a little bit that may prove to be the difference for the Bucks this season. We'll talk about that with him right after this. It's Rami and Tim on 1250 AM, the fan or radio.com sports station. Um, they tell me all the time to, uh, to, to score first, um, to get to the rim. I know that, uh, I do like to pass and there's times where I'm at the rim and I pass out for threes or do whatever, but, uh, it's honestly just about staying aggressive. And I felt like at that time, I don't think Giannis and Chris were in the game, so um, it's kind of obvious. <laughs> I got to go out there and 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 score. Um, but you know, even with Chris and Giannis out there, and even though I already had it going, uh, you you hear Chris and Giannis like, "Keep going, keep going." So, especially when you have the hot hand, you just got to take advantage of it and and, and ride it out. Rami and Tim on twelve fifty a.m. The fan back to the Packers talk at the top of the hour, but. The Bucks in the middle of uh, what Timmy would call the 2021 championship season. Mm-hmm. And joining us now to talk about that, my guy from The Athletic, our Milwaukee basketball insider. Pleasure to welcome in Eric Name for his maiden voyage on the Rami and Tim show. What's up, Eric? How are you this afternoon, my friend? I am great. Thank you so much for having me, and welcome back. Thank you, man. It's good to be back. And I'm sure Timmy's happy to be here as well. Hey, I was reading your piece on the dunker, the, the, and they have new tape on the floor at the Bucks practice facility. We knew about the boxes around the three-point line that are supposed to indicate where guys should be spending most of their time in Mike Budenholzer's offense. Mike Budenholzer's offense, easy for me to say. But now there's a big box down around the rim. Can you explain to folks you know, paraphrase what it is that big box means and, and what, what, what it changes about the Bucks' offense? Sure. So the first iteration of Mike Bunolzer's offense kind of had five small squares all around the three-point line. And obviously what that signified was exactly what they're trying to do. On offense, they're trying to live around the three-point line, create as much space as possible, and then drive to the basket. And, you know, kind of what they found in the last two years, especially in the postseason, is that, you know, putting all five guys out there let teams more easily wall up the paint to Giannis. Specifically, what you saw a lot was Giannis bringing the ball down the middle of the floor, two guys on the wings, two guys in the corners, and teams would essentially just say, all right, well, 
He's in the middle of the floor. We're going to build a three-man wall at the free throw line. And then our two guys down below know where your guys are going to be. So we don't have to worry about anything else. We just need to find the corners, the wings, and build that wall, and we'll be fine. We can switch. We can do whatever we need. And we're going to be able to build that wall. And essentially what Mike Boonholzer and his staff did this offseason was eliminate one of the five boxes from around the three-point line. Uh, And what we're talking about is, I mean, these boxes used to be like a foot and a half by a foot and a half. Now down the baseline, you have a 30-foot-long box. It's about six, eight feet wide, goes a little bit out of bounds. And kind of what the goal is, is that wall that they used to build at the free throw line you can't have three people there anymore. Like you're too, the four boxes are too spread out. There's too much space on the perimeter. And then down below, kind of the goal is, all right, you want to you wanna have a helper at the rim against Giannis, which obviously every team does. Okay, we're going to make it a little guy. We're going to make it your point guard, or we're going to make it your shooting guard. Or, I mean, we'll even make it your small forward. And that person is not going to be used to protecting the rim. And in the past, you could just kind of switch some assignments and you could keep your center there. And now that is no longer the case. And and kind of what the goal is, is getting rid of that initial wall, more space for drivers to attack. And then, you know, when you do want to build that help, there's someone behind the defense that you have to account for. And, and that makes it really uncomfortable for, for different players at the rim. So, uh, that is a hopefully somewhat short synopsis of, of the Bucks' new offense and kind of what they're doing this year. And uh, there's graphics and videos and, and all sorts of stuff that can help people understand it better in my article. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, Eric, uh, Rami asked me on Monday, and I, I want to get you – I hold your uh, Bucks uh, information in high regard, but he asked me the question. The first thing I thought of, well, let's get a, a, a Bucks expert to, to talk about that. He asked me about what we should be watching or what are we going to learn as the regular season goes along because, you know, quite, quite frankly, the last couple of years, I mean, the goal has to be to move forward in the postseason. What would you, how would you answer that, Eric, when, when it comes time to here we are 11 games in and, you know, the season's going to grind on 72 games all told. But what are fans watching for right now to learn what can we learn about the bucks throughout this regular season i think one thing that i've shared with you know the guys that used to fill this time spot on the big show is that and and i really try not to tell fans what to do right like fans are going to do their own thing and you should all have your own feelings but like the first thing i always tell people to do is like actually enjoy this right like i know the bucks haven't found postseason success the last two years but you're watching the back-to-back mvp you're watching a couple-time All-Stars. You're watching, you know, a team that's built to win a whole bunch of games all the time. So, first of all, try to enjoy it from time to time. Um, they are 8-4. and four. They are very good. Uh, so, try to enjoy it. But I think kind of what you're looking for when you're trying to figure out have they figured new things out for the postseason is, one, the new offense. How Does that actually work? Does that, you know, make things easier for Giannis? And then when you're looking at Giannis, you're looking at, hey, has he figured out what he's doing at the free throw line? He went six for 10 again last night. I think he's hovering somewhere around 62%, somewhere around there. Uh, So is he getting better at the free throw line? Is he getting better at the baby hook? Is he getting better at the turnaround jumper? You know, is he creating in, you know, kind of developing the tools that he needs to succeed in the postseason? And then, you know, how does Drew Holiday fit in? I think one thing that we saw last night was Drew Holiday's really good offensively. He's been incredible in isolation for the last, you know, kind of five years. And you're seeing how that can affect the Bucks' offense. And, you know, then the, the bigger question that I, I know all Bucks fans are always concerned about is, you know, is Mike Boonholzer making adjustments defensively? Are they making changes defensively? And, and honestly – you know, through the first five or six games, I kept thinking to myself, like, no, doesn't doesn't really look like they're going to. It looks like they're going to do pretty much pretty much everything the same that that they've done it in the past. And then, you know, last Friday they play the Jazz. The Jazz make them look silly for the first half, and then in the second half the Bucks come out and they're doing things entirely different defensively. They're trying multiple different things, you know, to try to find an answer. Um, You know, in the very first game of the season, 
it was only the fourth quarter, but in the fourth quarter, they were switching different things defensively and trying new things uh, on that end. And then, you know, you get to Orlando on Monday, and in the first quarter, halfway through it, the bench unit comes on the floor, and the Bucks are switching. You know, their big guys, their two big guys are switching action that happens between their assignments, and then the three smaller guys are switching action that happens between their guys. And that's brand new. And, and that isn't just, you know, like, you know, everything went wrong, so let's see if we can make an adjustment. That was six minutes into the game. And, and I think that, to me, has kind of shown that, you know, maybe there is a willingness for this Bucks team to try new things. And maybe there is a willingness for Mike Brunelzer to do things different defensively. And I think the next three games are going to be really interesting in that regard. You know, you think of back to the bubble, Dallas came in, Luka Doncic embarrassed them. He, he's throwing assists all over the place, triple-double. They score, I can't remember what it was, triple digits easily. And they're just tearing the Bucks up. You look at, uh, at they come into Pfizer form tomorrow night. Uh, you go to Monday, Bucks go out to Brooklyn. Now Brooklyn has added Kevin Durant. They're gonna, they're, it sounds like James Harden's going to play on Monday. Uh, so that should be fun and exciting. Next Thursday, you have the Lakers. Obviously, they're the defending champs, and they're going to make some things happen offensively that are going to be really different, difficult for the Bucks to cover. And this, again, I don't want to put too much on this, that like, hey, you know, this is the test, and if you fail these three games, you, know, you might as well – say it's over for the whole season but like if they are going to make adjustments defensively and try new things this is like a really fun three game stretch to watch and see you know if those adjustments are being made and if there are adjustments being made which ones they are talking with eric name of the athletic our milwaukee basketball insider here on rami and tim your new afternoon show on 1250 a.m the fan you brought up the nets and, and the acquisition of james harden yesterday that's a lot of talent there, Eric, but but do you think it works? Everybody's wondering if, if it's too much drama and, and, and just too much going on there between James Harden and Kyrie Irving, who, to my knowledge, still has not reported back to the team. Can, can they make that thing work in Brooklyn, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question. Obviously, you start with, you know, what is going on with Kyrie Irving and whether or not he comes back. So you have to start there and... I, I don't think anyone really has any insight into that. So we'll all have to watch that. But, you know, in the hypothetical world that Irving does come back, James Harden gets back into shape, and all of a sudden they have those three guys, I think maybe the questions about what they do offensively are a little overblown. Kevin Durant is, again, I, w- I think I graduated the third grade the, l- the summer, uh, you know, when – Jordan won his last championship. So, like, I can't speak to appreciating Michael Jordan, um, but Kevin Durant's the greatest scorer I've ever been able to appreciate. And, you know, second or third on that list, probably third between, or I guess behind LeBron James, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Third might be James Harden. He, he's really incredible. And then you add a guy in Kyrie Irving that can really score the ball. So offensively, they're going to be fine. They're going to be able to figure it out. All three of those guys can shoot. They can play off the ball. I think the real question is their defensively. Uh, you know, none of those guys have ever made an all-defensive team. Kevin Durant's the only one that's ever sniffed an all-defensive team. And, and even in those moments, it's whether or not he wants to defend. And, you know, sometimes he turns it on, sometimes he turns it off. Durant might be the best defender in their lineup. You look at DeAndre or Jordan getting a little bit older at center, or if you want to go small, Jeff Green is getting old as well. Uh, and then Joe Harris has been a guy previously that teams really picked on. He's gotten better defensively. But, you know, that's a, a team that just can't defend, and that's a lot of targets for, for opponents to pick on. So, uh, you know, I think offensively they'll work it out. I don't know that they'll, they'll be drama just because, you know, those are three guys that have very strong personalities. But I think it really is going to come down to whether or not they can actually defend, and, and that's going to be a real question. And they're going to have – you know, if they get everyone back together and ready to go, they're going to have about 50 games to figure that out before they get to the postseason. But uh, I still think by the time we get to the postseason, that'll be the question. Okay, projected uh, winner in the East then? I, I, I know some of you guys don't like to do this, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Um, would it be, you know, 
uh, the the Nets? Would it be Milwaukee? Maybe Philly gets things together. Boston, a little bit of a runner. But who who do you like in the East now that that change has been made? Yeah, I think in the past it, it was pretty easy for me to say, you know, the Bucks are the hands-down favorite. And I've said that the last two years, and obviously they, they haven't represented the Eastern Conference in either of those. So there is a level of prove-it to, to kind of what the Bucks are doing. So, you know, I think it's pretty even odds between all four of those teams. But, you know, if, if I have to pick one, it's probably just the Nets because of how much talent they do have and how much talent they've put together. You know, you're looking at two MVPs and Harden and Durant and a guy in Irving that's really been through it all and won a championship. So uh, I think they probably moved to the top, and, and I think Vegas kind of has reflected that as well. Um, that may just suggest more people want to bet on them. But still, like, I do think there's a reason why they have moved into that top spot. But th- this is a really fun Eastern Conference in that the Sixers are playing probably the best that they've ever played Uh just with their kind of core and what they're doing under Doc Rivers, the Celtics keep getting better. Jason Tatum keeps getting better. Jalen Brown keeps getting better. Uh, those top four teams in the East are, are really something serious. And I don't know if we reach Indiana, but if there's anyone in Indiana, they're probably mad that I'm not talking about the Pacers being very good as well this year. But, you know, this is the strongest we've seen the Eastern Conference in, in recent years. And I think right now I put the Nets at the top. Uh, obviously we have to see how it all works out, but, you know, there's a bunch of teams in the mix in the East. Eric, I know I know you're busy, so I just want to make sure you got the most important news of the last couple of days, and that's that Vanguard now delivers. So uh, Milwaukee is a better place, and I can't wait to get back down there. And I can't wait for things to just go back to normal and go have a beer with Eric Name at the Vanguard or, or anywhere else because I like talking basketball. I like just hanging out with the young man who started right <laughs> here in this time slot and now is our Milwaukee Basketball Insider. Thank you so much, Eric. We'll talk again next week, dude. I look forward to talking to you then, and I look forward to that beer whenever we may be able to have it. Let's do it. And he joins <laughs> us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe, and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience mm-hmm. a state of banquility. Get start. Get started at Great Midwest Bank. Com. Mommy, can I ask you, you moaning and groaning over there? What? Yeah, can I can I ask you a question? I did want to ask him uh, on the air. I know you guys on, on the big show now uh, have they've moved to middays, um, and we, we'll be hanging out here. But uh, you guys had Eric as the intern in in the afternoon, and I've I've always been afraid to ask this because I'm ashamed of it if if I uh-huh. get the wrong answer. Did uh-huh. he do some Did he do some post games with me? Do you know? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to assume he didn't because I don't remember. <laughs> I don't. So I'm, I, I don't want to make, make enemies. So I just. See what kind of, see what kind of guy Tim Allen is, Evan Heffelfloppers? I mean, <laughs> he doesn't even know how to pronounce your name. And, and he'll probably just forget you altogether if he's not no, working no. with you in 10 years from now. He'll just, he won't even. He'll definitely not know how to pronounce your name by then. That's just the kind of guy Tim Allen is. No, but for those who uh, who don't know, and I don't know if he likes us pointing this out, Eric Name uh, started his career in the Milwaukee media as a, an intern on the Wendy's Big Show, and he was coined Avatar by our very own Gary Ellis. He's pretty impressive, though, with his work. He is. He is. He's really good. Now, very few things in this in this business, Tim, and my time in it have brought me more joy than watching young Eric Name rise up uh in this business best guy on the bucks beat and i'm glad we have him here every thursday speaking of gary ellerson i know we're i know we're late for a break but i was just scrolling my twitter timeline and uh i came across the big show network you should follow them on twitter at the big show network gary pulled away from the gas Mm -hmm. pump with it hilarious (laughs) rami just hilarious (laughs) i I was getting ready for the show today and and i heard that story and i just and maybe it's funnier because we know him but but the audience knows him too and and this is so ungary like and and that's why it's that's why it was funny he drove away with the gas pump in the car in the fuel bin and it he's dragging a hose down the road gary ellerson did this it was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I just saw the picture that they tweeted out from the Big Show Network and Gary standing there holding a pump 
with just a hose attached to nothing. Yeah. And it really yeah. it tells it tells you the whole story of exactly what's happened. I'm surprised I've never done that, Tim, because I, I could be I could be absent minded at times, especially for small things like that. I did one time prepay for gas and got a cup of coffee. So I, it was like the Dunkin' Donuts was inside the gas station, so it was separate cash register. So I prepaid for the gas. I got the coffee, and by the time my coffee was ready, I forgot that I paid for gas, and I just drove away. And I was I was literally a state away by the time I realized, oh crap, I never I never actually pumped that gas that I paid for. Oh, never geez. drove away, never drove away with the pump still in the tank though. That's, no, but I didn't know. I learned something. Level. I learned something in, in that story that they have like breakaway uh, hoses. You know, like like they're still fairly safe, and they know people will accidentally do this. But our own Gary Ellerson, just uh, you want to hit the rewind button uh, on the radio.com app, man. Uh, check that out because it's it's worth a listen for sure. Gary uh, spins a marvelous tale. We'll hit a quick break on the other side. Is there something that's keeping Aaron Rodgers and maybe Packers fans up ahead of this playoff run? We'll discuss right after this. It's Rami and Tim on 1250 AM The Fan. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.